it's quite a journey for teams and team members to adopt self-management after years, sometimes decades of working in a more traditional hierarchical pyramid. And um, during that transition, training can obviously help, can play a big part in easing that transition. And I want to offer you a few thoughts about you know, how I think you can think about training towards self-management. Here's the first thought. Um, quite often I get sort of this generic question of, uh, you know, Fred, do you know a good self-management training or a good teal training? And, and I think that's quite frankly a horrible question. Um, because as always, I would invite you to think about what are the actual tensions that you feel? What are the actual issues that you're trying to solve, right? Because it's a very different training if you say people you know, are too nice with one another and don't hold each other accountable. Or if actually sort of shadow management comes back. Or if everybody's confused about how self-management works. Um, or if you know, people somehow still keep a professional mask and don't really engage with one another. Um, you know, if the old fears of management are still around. Well, all of these things require a very different training approach. So really the first question I would urge you to engage a team with is, okay, you know, what is it that you actually need? A second thought um, is that I think it's, it's absolutely critical, um, really all training, but here in particular, to combine, to merge training and real work, right? Too often training is sort of an abstract training where you just learn about stuff, but then you don't do stuff, which doesn't make much sense to me, right? And so I'd encourage you to always um, look at training as a, an opportunity, a moment where you then actually do the real thing, um, you know? And while you have the benefit of having a trainer and an opportunity to reflect and to learn from the experience. So, um, I remember like this organization that talked to me about the fact that, you know, people were too nice with one another, you know, weren't holding one another accountable. Now, you can then do a training where you learn about holding people accountable and offering feedback and all of these things. But I think it's actually much more interesting in the moment then to actually have a team accountability conversation, a real one, right, where you actually offer the, the theory, but then you actually start doing it. Right? And so often as part of the training, there's a moment where you actually define or implement or practice, you know, one of the new practices about how we make decisions, how we deal with conflict, how we hold one another accountable and all of these things. So they, you bake that right into the training um, and you do it real live with people in, in the team, right? Um, or say that, you find that there's a team where the, somehow there's still sort of a shadow management, right? The old manager actually still pretty much is a manager. Well, you know, that might be good training to talk about roles and about how we make decisions, but rather than just talk about it, let's have a real life conversation where the team defines, you know, the roles better than they had before or where you actually practice an advice process on the fly for real decision that needs to be made in the team. 
All of that brings up a third thought, which is that um, I think you really need to find trainers who are willing to do training from a different presence, a different posture than what you traditionally do. So think about it. Traditional training it kind of goes with our hierarchical model is that the trainer knows, the trainer has foreseen a training program and then delivers it onto the people, right? Um, and what you really want to create here is somebody that does co-creation, right? Somebody here that um, listens to what the real issues are that the team grapples with and on the fly, based on his or her experience, is able to provide them, to guide them through both some theory and some practical exercises, right? Um, and in many ways that role models the whole essence of self-management in the training itself, in how the trainer approaches things. Um, yeah, fourth thought is that obviously any training is a wonderful moment to also role model and practice wholeness, right? So I would think about every training as a space that you open up, that you want to create to, to feel safe, to feel sort of almost sacred, where people can talk about um, you know, how hard it might be for them to transition to self-management, you know, some of the inner dialogues that they have, some of the inner conflicts that they have, some of the changes of identity that they're going through, um, but also some of their hopes and longings and aspirations, right? And, um, and it would be surprising to me at all, and it would be actually a very good sign if you have some of these um, trainings where you actually have a lot of emotion that surfaces and where people might have some tears, and people can be seen and heard with those emotions and those tears. So always think about training as sort of almost sacred opportunities to install wholeness and for people to drop their masks. Another thought, obviously, is that um, I think any training should be on demand. I don't think any team should ever go through the motions of, oh yeah, sort of, you know, HR, you know, or the transition team, the self-management transition team has foreseen that you go through, you know, these trainings. Um, I would always make it sort of a menu um, and then encourage teams to do it on demand and ideally to have worked a bit and struggled a bit so that the training responds to an actual issue that they're facing. Um, you know, not something that, you know, you've dreamed up. Um, and then a last thought is that it can be worthwhile um, not only practicing what you want, you know, where you're going, but also to put words on what you no longer want, sort of the old model um, that you no longer want. I think it's really helpful to have words for that as a team. Um, Astrid Vermeer and, and Ben Wenting, um, who do a lot of the trainings for Bürtzorg, uh, for instance, have a wonderful way to give names to roles that you don't want, right? Um, you know, the, the, the dissident suppressor, you know, the, the person that feels uncomfortable with this, you know, with the fact that there's different opinions in the room and immediately wants to go to consensus, right? Um, the, the, it's never going to work dragon, right? The, the rule creator who wants to have, have everything clarified in rules. Um, so it's, I think it's, 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 it can be fun to actually talk about all the things we no longer want so that the team can then later on identify it and say, like, oh, we're falling into the trap of the thing we don't want. There would be many more things to say about training, but these were you know, four or five thoughts that I wanted to, to share with you. Um, 
And I think training can help a great deal, uh, but let's step away from the traditional HR sort of training that are you know, thought through in advance, that are too theoretical and that are done onto um, the people. Let's actually invent you know, a training curriculum, a you know, training journey that is actually reflective of what you're trying to do with self-management. Perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall, no monthly membership to access this video series. That's because the videos live in the gift economy. This is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy, and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.